0: All right. We ready? Yep. All
1: right. Yeah, you gotta get in your grandstanding and and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah.
0: Greetings, Grandstanders. Welcome to another COVID edition of Grandstand Podcast. Today we have a, another Usher's episode. We're going to probably continue to have Usher's episodes because we really want to check in with all of the Usher's worldwide to hear their story, hear their narrative, hear them talk about uh, their experiences in this, new, in this brave new world reality where uh, shit just keeps hitting the fan. We don't really know. Uh, how long the fucking microbes last on surfaces. Uh, I'm really confused and perplexed by that. I keep scrubbing doorknobs and books and boxes, and uh, I wash my hands 50,000 times a day. I cannot figure out for the life of me uh, what the rules are on how long the goddamn virus lasts on different surfaces. So maybe we can discuss that here today. But if not, uh, we could certainly uh, move past that part of it. But that's really what's preoccupying me. Uh so yeah we have an Ushers episode we have uh, a very special group today before we introduce our two guests I'm going to introduce my uh my associate my my uh my ace in the pocket uh Mr Manny Garcia el profe how are you sir
2: I'm good How's it going everything good Yeah I mean as as, as good as it could be Right, we're, we're, all, we're all okay and um, yeah man things are just uh, they're moving along but just uh slowly
0: it's pretty surreal right still
2: yes yeah yeah It's yeah. surreal well it's it's that big question I think what's messing with people's mind so much is like the the big question mark of of how long
0: what's yeah how long God damn it. You, you keep the virus for, I mean, how long we're going to be in quarantine or how long the goddamn virus lasts, lasts on surfaces or on your bot in your body.
2: All, all of that. Although like, yeah. Although, I mean, quarantine, to me, the quarantine is like the, to me, it's at the bottom of the, the issues. I mean, and of course it's like quarantine is different for everybody depending on what your quarantine situation is, um, but i, I don't know. like in my personal experience uh, having to stay in my apartment is is the least of the of the of the problem for me yeah i'm with i'm with you on that yeah but but we we are a privileged few right yeah yeah of course that's like i it, depending on you know what your what your quarantine situation is and even though we you know we're in a in an apartment and it's not big but um but yeah, no, the, when it comes to that, I feel pretty lucky in that situation. Yeah, with that situation. Yeah, you,
0: you, you have a stock fridge and
2: shit. Uh, yeah,
0: but
1: oh man, yeah. going
2: to the grocery store <laughs> sucks, dude. It's really, really. Yeah. I don't, it, maybe maybe I'm just a paranoid person, but um.
0: We um, both are. You I and I have, are both paranoid people. So I, yeah, yeah.
2: I do not like. Um, I just don't like the idea that every single thing, every box and bottle that I grab, uh, I think I have to. Well, yeah, it, no, I, I, I get this, you. You know what? The shopping part isn't the bad part. Coming home and disinfe- I We disinfect yeah. everything, and if and the whole time yeah. we're doing it, I feel stupid because I feel like yeah. this probably doesn't even work. Uh, exactly. But here we are, and um, you know. But again, but if that if that's the biggest. A stressor in my life from this then uh then I have nothing to complain about I agree that's that's
0: that's uh, that's the part that feels the most fraudulent to me it's like I'm wiping down I'm wiping down tomatoes to make a salsa you know what I'm saying yeah. um and then probably putting other toxins in my body that I'd probably be better off anyways let's move on dude cuz I could go on forever uh <laughs> anything else profe before i introduce our our uh, our ushers
2: no, I mean, I, I will, pe- people are still outside in New York City. I'll just say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, people, people, I still see people out, although our parks were closed. Earlier you were telling me that your parks are still open. Um, but, yeah, our, all our parks were closed. Uh, the other day at night I was walking, and some lady was taking a, a puff of her cigarette. She was taking a drag of her cigarette, and then she blew her smoke right in my face. And then I for sure was convinced that it lives in her cigarette smoke, and now I have coronavirus. So I, I'm just, that's the kind of level of paranoia I'm dealing with right now. Well, d- so, dude, but,
2: so I need then, answers,
0: goddamn it.
2: What? So down at the bottom of our building is a cigar lounge, and mm-hmm. um, and so the guys all hang out every single day. They still did just today. Uh, we went out on mm-hmm. a walk, and on our way home, they're you know they're all out. Um, so they, they all still hang out. They don't hang out inside the lounge anymore. Now they hang out outside of it and uh-huh. they just, they just stand far away from each other. Uh-huh. But there's this huge cloud of smoke that's just kind of floating <laughs> through the air from all their cigar smoke. And I can't help but, but wonder like that, th- that might be the most, uh, contagious thing they could be doing for the whole neighborhood right now.
0: <laughs> absolutely and then
2: and then and then it's gonna end up being your
0: stanford study versus my harvard study to see which one's right which, right yeah. isn't that what we've been talking about like well the stanford study says no you'll be fine and the harvard study says you're gonna fucking die it's like that's what's pissing me off right now you know yeah we don't know yeah it's driving me fucking crazy but i'm sure it's driving everybody else crazy so uh um joining us from uh the windy city from the city of, of, of Chicago, Illinois, uh, the city by the by the lake, cold ass lake. Uh, once again, making another appearance, the world famous uh, Skitch bourbon of of, of reflectical fame. Uh, he's gonna kind of that that's gonna tie into what we're gonna talk about later today in this episode. Kind of the 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 uh, conversation is gonna kind of sort of revolve around this idea of surveillance. And how Skitch Bourbon is a um, is a a prophet of 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 uh, of getting us in gear and letting us know that um, y- your your fucking face is being watched and it's being photographed at every moment of the motherfucking day as you walk throughout your neighborhood during the COVID crisis uh, to get your walks in. But of 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 late, he's he's appeared. Uh, he's he's kind of making the rounds in all the major publications. Uh, he's 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 of 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 New Yorker, New York Times, Seattle Times, Chicago Tribune, uh, Forbes next week or something like that. So he's you know this dude, this dude is this dude is uh, this dude is on the rise here with his message of uh the troubles of the a world of surveillance. Skitch Bourbon checking in from Chicago. How you doing, sir? To quote a good friend, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. Good, to have you back. Thank you for being here. Great, man. Look, looking forward to hearing stories. Uh, we'll, we'll, let's check in uh, our other usher, and then and then we'll get to to hearing a little bit about what your experience in Chicago is like right now. Okay. Yeah,
3: man.
0: All right, and then joining us from um from his palace in Geneva, uh, <laughs> he's hanging out with other diplomats, uh, probably drinking uh martinis, smoking cigars, um. We'll find out what it is that that Mister uh, One Time in Texas Porus is sipping on. Uh, you know, Dan is 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 our as our resident foreign uh, political correspondent who's going to be here to provide some levity to some of the inanities that we will be uh, espousing today. So his 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 role always is to uh, is to 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 give us some uh, give us a, a, a practical uh, if if a if, if, uh, more uh, uh, useful way of looking at things. So joining us from Geneva, from his Palazzo in Geneva, Dan, one time in Texas, Porus. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Doing fucking great. Are you drinking a martini? I'm not drinking a
4: martini, and I am not surrounded by diplomats. Um, of course, uh, all the diplomats are more than six feet away right now. <laughs> um but that's that's something else that we should talk about, uh given this COVID nineteen thing. Um the fact that no. if things keep going the way they're going, we might not need diplomats anymore. So just heads up on that. No. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> if everybody can if everyone's doing virtual calls from now on, what's the point of having diplomats in other people's capitals? You just call the capital.
0: <laughs> do you do you think we're gonna find out how many jobs don't need to be done in an office after this like we're gonna we're, like office yeah all right all right that's that's a thing right oh yeah so so one time uh you're not hanging out with diplomats what, can you paint a picture for us tell us about geneva tell us about your experience these last well you've been on you've been in, you've been quarantined longer than we have right yeah uh
4: i think i mean the u s has it seems like the U S is about two weeks behind where we are. Uh, and then, so here in Geneva, I would say we're probably about two weeks behind where Italy is. Uh, or at least that kind of seems to have been the progression. Um, we started doing the full kind of isolation three weeks ago. So I'll be, I'll be coming up on. Yeah. Yeah full solid three weeks uh, on Monday um, that I hadn't seen anybody having like I mean we, we can still go outside so you can still go out for for groceries you can go out to go to the pharmacy and you can go out for exercise and it, everyone's pretty cool about the exercise thing like it's not just exercise you can still sit in the grass read a book uh, get some fresh air and it's spring so it's quite lovely no. um, but I think that's also uh, like people here have been pretty good about social distancing, trying to uh, stay stay separated from each other. Um, the grocery stores have, in proper Swiss fashion, put in a very strict, very uh, pretty uh, efficient system to like make sure that you've only got a very limited number of people in the store at any given time. Everybody else is waiting outside, but they, they keep the lines going. Um, and I think everyone here has gotten a sense of how so- serious this is. So everyone's trying to do their part.
0: So, what about? Can you tell us a little bit about your your kind of what your daily routine is like? Uh, <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit. Share a little bit.
2: Uh,
4: man, I'm not gonna lie. I, and I was telling you this earlier. I think I'm doing this wrong because uh, it's been on a personal level. Uh, you know, apart from all the, you know, the, the the larger scheme tragedies that are going on all over the world. Man, it's springtime. I'm My apartment's pretty nice. I have a terrace. I get a lot of sun. I have a hammock. Uh, So, yeah. Get up in the morning. Go out for a nice run. um, Do some exercise. Come back and do some work. Have lunch. Do some more work. Paint. Hang out in the (laughs) hammock. Uh, I got an Xbox. That was a mistake. Um, But, man. Let me tell you, though... uh, trying to get the Xbox already was a huge problem because uh, I bought it from a store, and they said, look, we, we're we going to send it to you overnight, but we can't go to the store because the police have told us that we're not allowed to go back into the shop, so there's no one to go and grab your Xbox off the shelf and put it in the post.
0: They already uh, sold it to you?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah I already have Assholes. it. Like I'd already paid for it, but uh-huh. even then, the, the interesting thing was seeing how uh, people are starting to consider different products to be essential. Uh-huh. And every conversation I had with somebody uh, at the shop about this or with the with the company that I bought it from, they were really understanding about it. They're like, man, we're really sorry about this. We know what's going on. We know you're stuck inside right now. And you know what? An Xbox would make this so much more chill. So um, we're going to try to get that to you as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> So, not, not the worst. Uh, but it, you can tell. People here, I mean, after three weeks, you can see that some people are really starting to feel it, man. Um, I'm here by myself, so I can pretty much just do whatever I want all the time. Kind of weird that I haven't seen anyone or actually physically interacted with anyone in a while. Uh, but the, the people who I think are having a really interesting go of it, uh, friends and couples. I mean, people with kids, that's already a huge challenge but it's interesting to see which couples are uh keeping from killing each other
0: yeah yeah i hear that uh my, my i asked my brother-in-law who's in italy with in, in italy with with my sister fabi and they've been i mean they've been at it for for a minute you know yeah and uh i said how's how's the has a marital life going? He's like, oh, well, you know, every relationship has uh, has work to be done. <laughs> it's yeah. the most diplomatic way of saying, like, it's hard.
4: Yeah. Uh, but people are, are finding ways to, to deal with it and live with it, and hopefully. Um, but as my mom keeps saying, when this is all over, you're going to see a lot of babies and a lot of divorces.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Hey, Without b- a doubt. Dan, I'm curious. What about your your workload? Like for you, does it does has the workload changed at all? Well, I
4: mean, the first couple of weeks, we trying to get the transition over to what is the new standard of work going to be was really frantic because everyone was just trying to figure out how are we going to connect, how are we going to stay together, and how how do we continue trying to do the daily business? Uh, needless to say. Almost all UN functions are suspended at the moment, so all the meetings, all the get-togethers, that stuff's all canceled. But what we're trying to figure out now is okay, but how do we still, you know, we still have other issues that are that are going on, and and how do we continue working on that stuff? So we're looking to a lot of the technolo- technological solutions that are available. But interestingly, and I applaud a lot of my colleagues for this. We've been we've been hearing about the fact that the UN needs to work one in a way that's much more well-suited for families. Uh, and two in a way that's much more uh, environmentally sustainable. Hmm. So we're, ha- we're going to go ahead and take some, take some steps and make some leaps that we've probably been talking about for a while. So that when this is all over, hopefully the way that we end up looking is like, a an organization that's much more fit to purpose for the 21st century, not just for COVID-19.
0: Well, that's good news, right?
4: Mm I mean, man, with all these people suffering all over the world, you might as well get something, like do something positive with all that negative energy.
0: Yeah. Well, Well, yeah, we, we, I feel like we owe it, we owe it to those people that are suffering to like, not fuck it up royally more than we maybe already have.
4: Yeah. And it's, you know, there's opportunity in every, in every. Uh, uh, I don't want to say tragedy, but you know, during hard times, interesting times, and look, we're going to have to go through a lot of growing pains, and you know, maybe when we get out of this, things like working from home will be much more acceptable. So that could be really useful for people with families or people that are mm-hmm. not able to get to workplaces that easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we come out of this with. You know, more sustainable ideas about conferences. You know, I sometimes I fly in forty or fifty people for a day and a half so they can participate in a conference for like two hours. You know, it's it's really important to have people there who are engaging personally, but at a certain level, you also think well, we can probably tone this down a little bit so that we can be more, uh, you know, more more sustainable in the long run. Danny we have,
3: Let's get here. Uh, What does virtual professor to student, you know, what kind of relationship does that create? I mean, that's that's something that I think we should keep an eye on at this point is that, you know, it used to be direct contact. You know, I used to be, you know, you could see your professor, you could talk, you can engage in dialogue and which may also help uh, another student come up with a, a different thought that maybe they hadn't thought of before. Is it is it similar in, if it's conducted in the digital realm or um, is in-person uh, teaching, learning, whatever you want to call it, does that have a, a benefit that might be lacking in this digital form that's now being thrown out on everybody?
2: Yeah, well, I think just facilitating a real-time conversation in, a, in an actual room with people, which going back to, to one time's point about you know the importance of flying people in or not? Um, like facilitating a, a a discussion with say forty people in a room. Uh, it's completely different when you're all in the same room and like you you can you can create these expectations for engagement that like uh, that online. Like I'm right now, I'm figuring out how to come close to that. Um, and so like having these like so I created a discussion board forum but you but it's just not it's just not the same there there's some benefits that come from it so there have been some like some of those people in that 40 uh student classroom who would never have said anything um are a lot more vocal now during, mm-hmm. in this digital space so mm-hmm. that's kind of cool like seeing that is is but um but yeah I don't know like we're we're, we're I'm 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 figuring this out right now
4: We're also in the process of trying to figure out because a lot, a lot of the work that we do also depends on personal relationships, personal interactions, and not just stuff in, in session per se, like the official meeting, but also behind the scenes, getting coffee, you know, going outside and just having a chat, developing personal, personal repertoire. How, how do you recreate that stuff? And, And one of the things that the, You know, there are people who specialize in these kinds of things, and they specialize in sort of the psychology of web conferencing and web seminars. And they keep telling me, look, there are benefits and drawbacks to everything. One of the drawbacks to having a virtual world and meeting virtually is that you're not going to have that personal interaction. It's not the same. You just have to think about it differently, though, and find new ways to still develop the connections. But then there's also certain benefits that, to be honest, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty good. For example, diversity. You know, We're going to be able to have so many more people from you know, not just the, the communities who are physically available to either who are located in your city or who can fly into the city for, for certain events. But now it's, it's open to anybody who can just pff, log in, you know, maybe they have to wake up at two o'clock in the morning. Worst case scenario, but I think that as we start to kind of s- start playing with with what the possibilities are and trying to milk the benefits more and more, we'll start seeing that the you know there's a lot to be gained here. Y- even though it's still a little bit weird, and it's, we're going to lose certain things, you know, we can still make some gains. and And I think that, in particular for education, that could be a big boom for, for people all over the world, uh, in particular in developing countries who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford to move to New York, to go to a fancy school, to move to, to London or, uh, you know, somewhere else that, that has great universities.
3: Yeah. To me, like if, 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 if everybody's shifting towards this, stay at home mentality do everything remotely do everything through the internet we have to realize that all of that information and we don't know why this is the this is the scariest part in my mind we don't know why everything is being tracked and logged but it is okay so i can have a conversation outside with a friend and that's a private conversation it's an old world in my mind, conversation that to me is important still. Now, everything is being shifted to do it digitally. Why? Hell, the virus, right? But also, at the same time, there are companies, there are governments, there are individuals who are using all of this data. Everything is being recorded at this point and logged, whether it's nefarious or not doesn't matter to me but it is being and my point is are we really going to accept and and when i say we i mean like fucking the world right are we going to accept a new reality where we give away every form of what we used to consider privacy just to hey it's all out there in the open and yes of course you can have access to it and I mean that for everything. It goes into school, like we're talking about, but it goes into every other realm, right? And I think we're at a critical point right now where we need to decide, do we want to have any, you know, um, form, conception of what we used to call privacy, or do we just want to give it all away, you know? That that's where I'm going at with so what's happening right now. Skitch,
0: before anybody answers, because I know that these two gentlemen probably have some really like poignant and great questions to follow up to as as a response to what you just asked. Can you give us a little background about reflecticles and, and kind of the, the things that you you have been getting into for the last uh, three years? Maybe tell us a little – can you tell us what Reflecticals is? Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been into? Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on in Chicago? Kind of give us some background, and then let's let's for sure segue into that question, please.
3: All right. Sounds good, man. And, you know, I've been working on that uh, Reflecticals, right, the <clears throat> privacy eyewear essentially for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Before that, Mario, as you know, because you own a pair, and this is how we met, I used to make custom eyeglasses uh, out of wood mostly and do crazy shit. I like doing that, right? I'm, uh, I'm an eyeglasses maker. I'm a very simple person, but I'm also – I wouldn't even call myself private or um, – I'm, I'm I'm just that by default, man. Like I, I still use a flip phone because I've never needed in my life a smartphone, all right? I still use desktop computers that I built 15, 20 years ago because they still work. Mm -hmm. You know that I'm not, I'm not sitting around like, how am I going to protect myself from these goddamn governments and corp? No, man. It's just like, look, I don't get a fucking Walgreens card because I don't want one. Right. Or whatever CVS or whoever bought out, you know, it's, it's like, I knew if, Why am I going to allow somebody to track all my purchases to save a dollar? I never wanted to opt into that system. So that, you know, you sign up for that shit. You give them your, your name, your address, your phone number. You can even plug it in your phone number, and then you get a discount of 50 cents. But then they have every single purchase you're making, and then they sell it off to other motherfuckers. That's how they're making money off of you. I never wanted to opt into those systems. Now, when it comes to something like your face, that no longer requires you to opt in. That is, you're automatically in. I mean, we can see this happening uh, through, you know, just having a driver's license or a state ID. We've seen that these are all logged into the system, and therefore, there you go. Um, I'm more concerned with... Uh, how the technology is evolving around facial recognition with um, 3D infrared mapping and scanning, okay? That's that's analyzing everything in 3D space. And Apple proved, in my mind, that the most accurate form of facial recognition is to map it out with infrared lasers, okay? And that's that's what they showed on the iPhone 10 with Face ID. Now, if you can fit that little piece of technology on a three millimeter square, uh, board circuit board, you can easily have that technology everywhere. So I'm coming from that stance that it's already here. It already exists. And whether you like it or not, it's being used. Um, (laughs) now what I'm trying to do with reflecticles is simply give, people the option to opt out of that technology, right? They they were never ever even asked, do you want to participate in this? It was just we're using it on you whether you like it or not. And to me, that that's a human right violation, in my opinion, right? It's you care about privacy? Well it doesn't fucking matter because you are going to be on our system whether you like it or not. And it's that CVS card that now we can track all your movements actions and everything and you're on our system and it's to me it's, it's not a it's not a concern of oh no they know what I'm doing or where I'm at no it's they're making money off of me and I for one don't think that's appropriate you know I, I want to I want to opt out of those systems at all times And frankly, what I'm trying to create – well, what I've created and will create further is it's going to be these systems of privacy that work in analog forms because the digital – man, go ahead and do your own realm. You're never going to get around the best hacker on earth, all right? Those guys are fucking crazy, and they'll be able to do whatever they want to. The digital security in my mind, you can can take precautions – and do the best you want, but somebody's always going to uh, be able to sneak into that system, no matter what. Hopefully, you're not a high-profile target, but our our physical privacy, our makeup, our face, our biometrics—that needs to be protected and considered at this point in time, in my mind. So, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm doing glasses for it right now, a very simple solution. But I'm, I'm also working on other uh, techniques and really odd forms of uh, technology to further fuck with the system that is trying to put us on, you know, uh, their, uh, their tracking line of sight, you know. So I'll leave it at that, Mario and Professor.
0: Can, can, you, can you very quickly tell us how those work? Just can just kind of paint a picture for us just, sure. just so people can, can understand what you're talking
3: about. So um, when it comes to – there's two two uh, considerations of technology that I'm using in the glasses itself. Um, one are the lenses alone that will absorb and block infrared from going through the lens, right? So um, – So Face ID, right? It uses the infrared mapping. It looks for eyes. It's, it's, you know, it's a form of detection. It says, are there eyes? That's, it's, a, it's a program, right? It's an algorithm. It says, are there eyes? If it doesn't see eyes, close your eyes and try to log into Face ID. It won't work because the, the, the algorithm is designed to see eyes. So when it does see the eyes, and it's, it's very interesting to see the eyes in infrared, man. They, um, it goes right through the eye, and it, it shows all depth, right? So if, I, if I'm able to block just your eyes alone, now we're opting you out of those systems that are using infrared uh, scanning or mapping. When it comes to a 2D system like your common security camera using infrared for illumination – it turns black. So now we're taking away the eye measurements again. And you can go back as far as you want to. And, you know, the development of facial recognition, Woody Bloodsoe was, uh, the guy that they pinned it on back in like the fifties and sixties. And even when it was manual, uh, interpretation, right. It was, it was manual input of like how far a person's eyes are, how far the nose was, where are the cheek lines and, brow lines and all this and chin eyes were the most critical part of facial recognition, even from the conception of getting this whole realm going. Now, of course the algorithms um, and technology that's being used now eyes are still that most important factor. So I'm using lenses that block infrared because infrared is a technology that is widely used and is going to increasingly be used more and more as time goes on. Um, So that's one, one aspect. The other aspect of the frames I'm making is reflectivity, retro reflectivity, meaning it just takes whatever source of light is coming at it and bounces it directly back to where it's coming from. So that is a further layer of protection from, you know, 3d infrared mapping scanning, whatever, or, you know, if uh, if a camera has uh, a circle of LEDs around its uh, lens, it, it'll bounce that light right back to it. So, therefore, it can, you know, further than just protecting the eye space, it can grow to it like an orb of light around one's face to further protect more of the, the facial biometrics. That's where that's going with... Uh, the frames that I'm making and, but I'm going to keep on going into this shit forever, man, because, um, (laughs) that there's so many simple technologies that people have forgotten about, but that are going to be very relevant pretty soon and already are. But
4: just sitting here thinking about the COVID-19 and, and how, uh, it's changing the world in in terms of, um, how much stuff we're doing. Uh, I am wondering, you know, I haven't you know, really been going outside that much lately. Uh, so I hadn't even thought that much about um, how, how much people could be using, you know, watching my face and, and watching me in public. Um, but it certainly does raise a lot of questions about my, my digital footprint. You know, every, everything is being bought and sold. But I don't necessarily know where, what it's going for or what it's going to. And I, now, so much more of my work uh, and everything that I'm doing is going to be online. How much of that is going to get commo- commoditized? Tied. Commoditized. Uh, and then, hey, how come they're the ones that are making all the money off of that? Like, Do I get a cut? <laughs> I mean, if they're, if they're going to be taking it anyway, I mean, come on.
3: Right. That's actually a future that I could see, you know, and I've been it's you don't have to work anymore. Just let us make money off of you. Us, the corporations. Right. Like stay inside. Fucking just, you know, let us analyze you. And here's your monthly check. Like I could envision that future. No doubt.
4: And, and another question, too, that I have, uh, you know we know that so here for example in switzerland um, they they started monitoring people to to know whether or not they're going outside and and if they're they're staying in their houses for sure. by by GPS watching data. the gps on your on your yep. phone yep now it's a national emergency so they're taking that step to to monitor because it's something that they just need right now okay great when is this crisis over and does, do they give that up, or is that just something that's going to going to exist from now on?
3: Everything stays. Look at 9-11, right? It's the Patriot Act. I mean, we're doing the same fucking thing over and over again. And no matter what – I'm, I'm hearing from people all across the world, from major metropolises, yeah, they're installing uh, – facial recognition systems in our, in our city right now, they're using our GPS and the problem in, in, right. It's all to, you know, it's all for your safety and we're here, you know, these, these um, new measures that we're taking are to ensure that, um, you know, people are social distancing and bullshit here and there. Right. And uh, I mean, look at China, they, they had, they were issued, um, If, if they went outside of their house, right, they'd get a text message saying, why the fuck are you outside your house? Get back in. You, you're not allowed to go outside right now. Now, if, if we allow this to be our new normal, of course it's not going to be repealed. You know, of, this is how, this is how, um, all, you know, people who care about privacy, man. A good understanding is in any time of crisis or situations, it's an it's an easy way for governments to erode individual freedoms, protections, privacies, whatever. But they once they're implemented, they don't go away. That's the sad part about it.
0: Brofer, are you gonna
3: get reflectacles? I have a pair. Um, okay. Yes. Uh, it, it. Well, you're going to get and, some new ones too. Wait till you see the new work that I'm creating, man. You're going to love it, Manny. Oh, nice. Can you send some the Can you send some the to one time too, please?
0: Hell yeah. Just put it on course. my tab. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That'd be fabulous, actually.
2: Sketch. How would you try to explain it to a person? Because it seems like it, when it comes to this this idea of surveillance, it does exist on this like. Um, and I'm sure. Like, remember that the, the the New York Times did that big thing on the the that guy from Silicon Valley, the like Vietnamese guy, um, uh, Clear Clearview yeah. AI, and, and, yep. and you know yep. and all that. And that's like that's for
3: Miss Cashmere hill who really broke that one. She's a rock star, by the way.
2: Okay, yeah. So, um, and his whole thing is like, oh, it's just this thing we developed for, and it's being sold to police departments. Um, and of course the fear is that it'll expand beyond, uh, you know, what happens when, when people beyond just when, when, when I can just take a picture of somebody, uh, and then like get their whole social media, um, totally. you know, um, so there's that, but then there's also like, it seems like the major, major, major function of, of this type of surveillance really is just for consumer behavior. Like it's really just for. How can we track people, like the Walgreens thing, like how we can track people's consumer behavior so we can just advertise to them in a tailored right. way. Um, I, I feel like to the average person, at the end of the day, they come to the decision of like, you know what, like I'm willing to give up, uh, I'm willing to give up my privacy, like I'm willing to give up my information. Uh, mm-hmm. I do it all the time, willingly. Uh, yep. Uh, because you know, I get convenience out of it, like I'm willing to let Google Maps know where I'm going because it gives me the convenience yeah. of et cetera, et cetera. Um, how would you tell that average person you don't realize, like, you don't realize where this leads to?
3: Yeah, and you know, a lot of it is it's convenience, you know, um, that's that's right, and it's saving a dollar at this point. And, Right now, it's being used for safety, your safety, right? Like that's that's how it's all being thrown out. Um, I I don't have anything to tell people on why they should want to be, you know, to 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 remain in a state of anonymity. But I I, I grew up in a world where I believed that was possible that that helps us as individuals in my mind, have a sense of freedom, right? If you know that everything you're fucking saying and doing, even though now I do and I have for a while, I, I I'll still speak freely. And you know, I hope it doesn't affect me on some weird psychological or uh, subconscious level. Right. But it may, I, I have no fucking clue, but if you know that you're being watched, you won't act the same way that you will if you know that you have your own privacy, right? So maybe that takes away from our artistic freedoms, you know, or, or our artistic thought, I should say. Um, it, it allows us or makes us conform to a certain narrative that's pushed out I don't want to live in that world where our whole point is to conform I, I I like I like the world that we had created before a long time ago, hopefully forever I don't know and maybe it can continue forever I don't I, I honestly don't know but I want I want original thought coming out of people at all times to me that's one of the foundations of kind of uh, growing up in the united states i don't know how it's like for other countries so i can only speak here right but i do like the fact that the it, like Gigi allen to me he's a great fucking example Dude would get up on stage and throw shit at people. I said that should fucking exist, right? yeah. Like, I don't want to live in a world where it's just a bunch of conforming people to one narrative that is being pushed out by the things that we don't know.
2: No, and I I, I hear that. I because the reason the reason I ask this is because I think I think the reality is that. And, and this whole idea of like freedom American freedom which which it's real to a degree it's also kind of a myth like the, the reality is this country is based and formed on conformity um, and most Americans are willing conformists prefer to be conformists um, and and are and and so I, I think it's like a hard sell to make um, because I think most people, are okay with being surveilled, uh, for the sake of the exchange that it, that it provides. It's like just in like the formation of civilization, it's like the individual gives up liberty for protection from the state. Um, getting away from that, I think is really difficult. And I think, um, uh, the sacrifice of what you're talking about, which I think is, I agree is is so important. Most people, the, the average person would be is is willing to sacrifice it um which is why we've been heading in this direction and, and uh not to be pessimistic but it seems like uh, i i don't see it um stopping but, you know
0: but do they have the are, are they okay with being surveilled or is it that they lack the ability do we lack the ability to look beyond you know to we can't imagine a future where where these things that we value and want to protect and, and hold close to ourselves all of a sudden start to erode. Uh, why, why can't we see the possible potential scenarios in the future? I mean, am, or am I just being paranoid or, or people just don't want to think about it? Uh, people can't see it or they just really are just like, just surveil me. I don't want to think about tomorrow.
3: Mario. Good point, man. And I, I think you're certainly, correct on people not considering the fact or not caring about the fact that like in and I think you know I want to bring Dan into this one here because talk he knows I'm assuming Dan you know a lot about like 5g internet of things we kind of touched on it way before but it's like your Roomba Right. It's your Roomba is going around your house <laughs> and it's it's using infrared to map out the exact dimensions and space of your house. They're selling that data over. You know, that's how What's that's a how Roomba sketch. Tell everyone what a Roomba is. That's a that's something that you use so you don't have to use a fucking broom. The vacuum right? or something for you. Sleeping sucks, dude manny <laughs> <laughs> has got a fucking Roomba <laughs> Sweeping is the worst okay. man You know Mario once told me some really that, Wise words It was about Caring for everything you do And even How you sweep your house And Mario I'll always love those words Because mm. sweeping is physical It's something we do It's It's work It's mm. It's taking care of ourselves, all mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You, you let a fucking robot do that, fuck you. But <laughs> I
0: want to hear from Deb Porus in 5G. Come on. where Where is he? Is he still there? You guys sound like the...
4: <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm having such an old man moment right now. Like, ah, oh, these <laughs> young people today. The world is changing. Oh, we don't like it.
0: <laughs> it's true, though.
4: It's always been true.
0: That's true. That's true. That's true.
4: There, I mean, <clears throat> there are of course some like much broader implications that we're going to have to start thinking <laughs> about and, uh, what a lot of this stuff means. And, and it, oddly enough, you, know, you ask the question about why do people? Why are people willing to let their their data get used? You know, it's been over the course of a generation. Of course, we're all giving up our data a lot a lot more these days but how long did you have iTunes and how many times did you click on that i agree to all the disclaimer you know yeah. all the legal terms that apple would throw at you and you just automatically go to it and say yes i accept yes i accept and nothing happened you know you would just give it up give it up give it up give it up and you most people never felt a, you know, a a very real consequence to constantly clicking, I accept. So now I think the question starts to become, you know, because people have gotten so used to clicking, I accept without actually reading what all the legalese says, you know, well, wait a minute, what are we actually giving up? What is the the data? I think at the outset, most people don't even know what's being collected. You you talk about biometrics and you talk about, you know, people's um, behavioral patterns online. You know, what does that even mean? As far as I'm concerned, you know, basically whatever product I thought about buying last is going to be the thing that my every single one of my websites that I visit is going to tell me that I should go back and buy that product. It's usually just
0: what it comes down to.
4: But, so but you we see, don't have the,
0: you see it more as surveillance capitalism, and not so much surveillance to 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 create some kind of uh, uh, new world order shit. I mean, to get just to get conspiratorial. Uh, they're using this shit uh, to sell us more shit. Yes. Yes. And I
3: can jump it's, in? That one too, man. Go for it. Go for it. Look, in, in my mind, right dude who's been like my daily existence is what the fuck is going on with surveillance? Like, that's what I want to know every day. I try to keep up on top of that. I'm not concerned about governments tracking people. I'm not. All right. If, if we can take our thought and put it into a, a social experiment, um, you know, if it becomes – like, for example, I, I mentioned I don't have a smartphone. So I'm going to lose out on certain perks of this new society that we're moving into, and I'm doing that willingly so. that This is how I view it, right? It's do you want to participate in this um, – mode of life that is being thrust upon yourself or do you want to opt out i'm an opt-out motherfucker by default okay i don't choose to have tinder so i don't get much pussy anymore all right like that's just the hard facts it used to be i could go out to a bar and talk to a gal that shit doesn't work anymore i don't think well you can't go out to bars anymore too (laughs) <laughs> but it's like it, it's like, um, you know, it's it's how much do we want to participate in this new realm that we're shifting into with this whole shift? OK, it's it's a digital shift into a new mode of reality. And I'm just saying I don't want to join. All right. And I know that I'm not going to get some perks. I know that. But that's fine by me. And matter of fact, I hope to be able to get away from it all at some point. And I can do it two ways very easily. I could ride a bicycle or I could buy a piece of land in the middle of nowhere. I'll be happy either way. I don't want to participate in where our society is shifting. Alright? Mm-hmm. And and it's cool if you if y'all you know, a lot of people got it exist they have to survive. That's that's the fucking name of the game. How do we do it if it's if it's in the reality that we're seeing now and that continues? Man, we already see a lot of people fucking not able to work. We see that. But it's I can see a paradigm where it's hey look well just it's basically like sell yourself, slut yourself out, you know, and I'm not gonna do it. And I'll live like a fucking hobo to not do it, you know? I'm trying other ways. But uh, luckily I'm also creating something that is going to be even more important after all of this shit.
0: What does this all have to do with sports or grandstanding? Is it too far-fetched to try to segue into this? Um, let's just take the word surveillance and the definition of it. What is the definition of the word surveillance? Can we to look surveil. that up? <coughs> to surveil. <laughs> what is surveil? surveil? What is the to definition look, of it? Look. Okay. Is, is grandstanding a form of surveillance?
3: That's a good point. Like no. you, you're talking about like when my dad used to take me to the Cubs and Sox games and yeah. I'd yeah. watch people yeah. performing yeah. an act. Yeah. That's surveillance.
0: Is is voyeurism only related to an act of of, of like observing someone commit an, a sexual act? Could voyeurist could voyeurism be applied to grandstanding as well?
3: In my opinion 100%. Okay.
0: Professor, do you agree?
2: Yeah, I think we could think of it that way. like if if anything, what if what if the real warriors aren't isn't the the grandstand as much as it is is the press media that but but I guess that they're one in the same with the grandstand. Okay. Um, okay. You know the the press media's role in in how they kind of surveil what the you know what the athletes do um, right on and off the field. You know.
0: Right, because we need to have that, right? Like right now, we're just we're getting backstory to backstory to, to the backstory of the backstory. Yeah. Because there's no sports, so now we're like learning about Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan's butlers butlers butler. You know. Right. <laughs> because we've exhausted every possible bit of information we can get on Michael Jordan. Right. Um. So to grandstand, could we just, for the sake of my argument right now, say that grandstanding is a form of surveillance? Just, just, just. Yeah. Could we?
3: Okay, so uh, if we're surveilling and and voyeurism, too, don't. don't Yeah, absolutely. Because actually some of the greatest film directors were, you know, self-proclaimed voyeurists. Absolutely. Like uh, Hitchcock, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. It's
0: like. And part of the creepiness is the voyeuristic nature of, of his films. Yeah
1: yeah
3: he, and, and yeah, just
0: desire to want to watch mm-hmm. right and and we have a desire to want to watch and look at each other as humans, don't we yeah, yeah. i think so. True. huh uh we're we're constantly looking at each other and observing each other right and looking to each other for cues, are we not yeah i believe so so um what happens with sports stars you know the sporting world came to a Came to a, a grinding halt because of the the COVID thing, for for for, for obviously very uh, real and 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 valid reasons. But uh, we we brought it to a pause because we didn't want people to get sick. But um, one of the narratives coming out of that, because at first they were playing the empty stadiums, and players were saying, you know what, if I'm not being watched, I don't want to play. Right, um, is that absolutely f- a fundamental, necessary function of that experience to be watched live? What about you're being watched by people on their devices uh, via satellite in some other place? You're still being watched, but you're not being watched there in the flesh, in, in front of you. Um, is is what what is what is the issue there? I mean, I I, I was like you know obviously a big a big. Um, proponent of 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 you know being above this idea that that to to think of the fan in the stadium as a prop was an insult but now because i'm jonesing for sports i'm like fucking let's get these motherfuckers to play any game i don't give a shit put a camera and put ronaldo and messi do like fucking penalty shootout i don't give a fuck just give me some sports now um am i a surveiller a voyeur and why does Messi and Ronaldo not want to fucking perform for me over a camera?
3: I think you just miss the experience of being a part of it. Mm-hmm. And which is, I think, a really valid experience that, you know, you have grown up with and you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, you're a spectator. You're not you're not on the field playing. No, you, you want to participate in that crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are missing that right now. You can't get that on your couch fucking watching it on your fucking TV or whatever you got, you know, like there is a direct experience. And this all goes back to like this whole shit that I'm saying that we're creating a world that um, is going it, it's cha- we're creating a changing world, you know, mm-hmm. and. How do you want to react to it? Well, that's you know, as as one who's played sports and never watched them, I'll tell you this, man. I don't give a fuck if there's anybody else in the audience or not. I I could play on a okay. dirt field. Okay. That's fine. Here we go. To me, it's about the challenge of myself, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the guy up against me. And, but wouldn't that be fun to watch you? I love I love that
0: part of sports. So, yes, I do want to be at the cathedral and watch. But I also, fuck it, put a camera on two dudes playing wiffle ball, I might watch that shit live. You know? <laughs> I, I might. I really might. Because yeah. I'm just jonesing for fucking watching some good old fun competition. You know, and, and and it's gonna even make it healthier because I have like no horse in the game. It's just two fucking random dudes. I'm just gonna pick one at first and be like, I'm gonna go with the big tall
3: fucking white guy from Chicago. You
0: let's, know? Let's start, um,
3: let's start with why you like to watch people in competition realms. I don't know. And this is the this is. I,
0: let, let me ask the professor because he's our resident expert on uh, on world wrestling entertainment. Uh, we have we have uh, WrestleMania coming up this weekend. Uh, right,
2: Profe? Yeah, it yes. it, it might yeah. even be ha- it might be happening right now, right yeah. now.
0: And he's missing it, and he's like really upset right now because he's missing the fucking. But but, profe, no, I, but I haven't profe. been
2: listening to anything, guys. I've just been watching it. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so
0: what is so you 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 earlier told me that you 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 might you, you think this might be really awkward. It might not be worth uh, checking in to see.
2: Well, I think it'll be worth checking in to see because it'll, it's going to be, an it's going to be fascinating to see like what, what the hell does wrestling look like, uh, uh, without, without an audience. Um, why? Because, because the audience is, in my opinion, it's, it's part of the show and, 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 and maybe even the, if not the more, it's just as an important part of the show, um, I mean, maybe we could differentiate between there's sports, there's games, and then there's show. You know what I mean? Okay. And it's like, okay. so so for sports, like, um, sure, like I'll watch. Uh, I'll, I'll I, I like the sport of baseball. I'll watch I'll watch uh, people play baseball when I go to the park, and um, and there's the kids playing the the little league games. I like to sit for a while and watch them. Um, and that's like for the appreciation of the sport of the game. Um, it's very, but there's a reason why, um, there's a reason why those kids are getting, aren't getting paid millions of dollars, you know, right. uh, like right. what, what it means to, to make and and it's, and it's not to demean what they're doing. What they're doing is, is it's the sport and that's beautiful. Um, but if but if what you what you want to be part of is a show, then whether it be a baseball game, a wrestling, whatever, uh, a show requires requires those those people around, um, and so yeah, like uh, WrestleMania is not about wrestling, like wrestling, like you know, I would rather just wrestle. Uh, I'd rather like I should I'll just wrestle with my girlfriend <laughs> in the living room right now. Um, WrestleMania is a show, and so without Man, the I fans.
3: ground, to too, by the way, if you ever wanted to. What's that? I'd wrestle you to the ground, bro.
2: <laughs> I think we kind of, sort of wrestled one uh, <laughs> out in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like seriously, like I, I would rather wrestle Skitch or even or watch someone else wrestles sketch or I'd be just as much fine watching that than watching these, you know, these guys that are going to do it with like, um,
3: but Manny, you're bringing up a really good point here. And it's like, even if you watch all these events on TV, I don't care what sport you're talking about. The camera always pans to the crowd as well. And so that gives the viewer at home kind of this human relation. Q Q. What do you mean? A cue, a cue. How do you mean? Like, yeah. like well,
0: just kind of like, hey, I'm sorry I cut you off, but uh, no, no, I, go on. No, no. I think that I think that the, the fan serves as an, an additional. Fuck, I hate to have to say this, but an additional prop in the yeah. in the narrative. It's like, look, yeah. they're all excited, so yeah. you at home should be excited, you know?
3: Right, right. Yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, but you know that. They- Imagine, imagine like, you know, this WrestleMania event that's probably occurring right now or something, and they just pan empty seats. People at home are gonna be like, "What the fuck?"
0: What if they, what if they, what if they green screened a bunch of fucking fans? <laughs> <laughs> would you be into that? What would it take for you to say, "Fuck, that was totally worth me sitting here watching this"? What would it take?
3: Not that because- I still don't understand why you guys like watching sports in the first place, but
0: <laughs> you're an asshole. Well, no, but, but tell me but, what, but, what it would take. Uh,
3: I mean, play them. Don't fucking watch them. I, I, I don't I never got that concept, and yeah, I that's never, a, so, that's but I never, it.
0: that's, I'll tell you a Ken Herbeck story right now. Uh, what, what, so what would it take
2: professor? So again, like to me, to me, the, sh- it's, it's like, um, you know, think about those moments that are, that are like memorable moment, like the, those moments that make these highlight reels that we, uh-huh. that we uh-huh. look back to that create like this, like the legacy and, and, and uh-huh. it's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it's, it's all part of this large story that is like baseball and when, you know, and it's like, you know, when, when Mickey Mantle did this and that, et cetera, um, in order, like in order for those moments to be special, it it has to require like this simultaneous thing of like this thing happening that elicits this this mass emotion from from a uh, from a mass of people um i think without the latter happening it's just not it just it just ceases to be as as memorable to me um and so and so, unless there's this like real time live, like I guess the closest we could get to it, and and the thought of this like makes me even just sad thinking would be like, uh, uh, players playing in an empty, on an empty field, it's an empty stadium, and then, and <laughs> oh god, and then like people on their fucking Zoom, uh, in their like like having these like mass shared watching parties watching it. And then you, like, see the reaction of that. That's the closest you can get. And if that's the closest you get, like, um, I have no desire in in that. Okay. But what if
0: for the time being, cause just for my fucking entertainment, couldn't we get, like, a little five-on-five um, soccer game? Or can we get, like, like, 18 baseball players to show up somewhere COVID-free and play a, a, a seven-game series for my entertainment? Because I do happen to
2: love watching baseball games. Yeah. No, dude. And, and, and okay, do it. But you you won't be able to... You can't sit there and pretend like like watching that. Even if the game was like... Ama- even if it was like the most amazing, you know, comeback ever. Even then, would you think you we would come away from that going like, that's gonna what go if we the... start
0: betting money on it? <laughs>
2: uh, I don't know, man.
3: I don't. I don't. I. I don't, I don't. Just keep raising the stakes. Mario, let me ask you, man. Um, yeah. Do you miss like? Is it the same for you? Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about fans right now. But mm-hmm. is it the same for you watching a game like the Padres on the mm-hmm. TV, or is it more about the experience of maybe you? and your daughter going down and making an event out of it without know? a doubt without a doubt the
0: second one like yeah. there's never there's no question but there's also a part of me that you know back to your thing about playing versus watching you know there's a there's a lot of people there's a lot of Players of professional sports that have said this, but there's a first baseman for the Minnesota Twins who, uh, his name's Kent Herbeck, I think, is who said this. Or the first time I heard someone say this, because I was really indignant about the fact that he had mentioned this. But he said it was a. Uh, he said he was waiting for the next series to start, and, and he was upset that 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 he there was there was all these amazing games happening on TV before his his team was it was his team's turn to play again and, and they were asking him about the games and he said I don't watch baseball it's boring and that that really like hurt me to the core because i happen to think baseball's one of the most perfect beautiful things ever and like the professor says i'll watch a little league game because i love the game but also because i'm a i am an obsessive with competition um, I could watch, like I said, two guys play wiffle ball, and if it's entertaining enough, I, I could get into it and pick one and be heartbroken at the end uh, because I want to get involved in the theater of it all and, and the uh, spectacle and, and the feeling of it all. But, yeah, I would much rather go to a game with my daughter at PECO or at Wrigley or at Yankee Stadium and enjoy that because that is definitely rich, the the pinnacle of the most richest experience I can have with regard to baseball, but I also happen to love baseball. I I think I I love games, period, but I love baseball, and I love soccer as well, and there are other sports, boxing. Uh, I could watch horses racing. Uh, I'd be so happy with that. I mean, uh, you don't really – do you get a big crowd feel from watching horse races, professor? Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so – but what I'm what I'm getting at is this. I, I think you're 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 right, Skitch. I, I I think I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that 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 they're the same. But at the same time, I do love I just love watching competition, and I feel like in a hypothetical reality, couldn't we bring back 18 players that don't have COVID and check them and make sure they're fine and healthy? And couldn't we get some games going so that I could finally watch some sports again and not have to hear the story of Michael Jordan's Butler's Butler's Butler on ESPN?
3: But again, homie, it really boils <laughs> down to, like, the people don't go to the Pac Wrigley Stadium because they want to be on TV and want to be part of. No, I know. it, it like, and, and this is what I see happening right now. It's like, especially within sports, it's like, does it fucking matter if somebody's sitting there or not? Like, they're not there to provide you at home, watching it on your TV, entertainment. They're not spectating for that reason. They're there because, well, typically nowadays, business and you know and you still got hardcore fans you know who just love going to that goddamn game now that's what i believe is is being missed it's it's routine it's it's the ritual uh, yeah yeah it's the lack of ritual man i agree agree. you know I i think that's like the main cause of it like Will they still – and I don't know, but would that same person still have that same feeling if they just, you know, played on a diamond and there's no stands in the crowd and it's televised and they can watch it from home? Will they still get that same feeling? I don't know. I really don't.
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, probably – well, try me. I mean, you
3: know, it's not like everybody goes every single home game – so, you know, it's like, dude, all right, you can't go to your home game right now. So watch it on fucking TV. Right. I mean, there there there's a gazillion
0: there's a gazillion reasons why it doesn't make sense and it all gets down to, you know, to cash and money and and yeah. it's not convenient and right now it's probably not the smartest thing to impose, to uh, expose excuse me, uh players to to uh, a fucking virus that might kill them. Um but I well, again that-
3: just brought up a really good point. How are baseball teams doing with money right now? Because no, we all baseball. know they're based on that.
0: Well, baseball's fucking, like, they're, they're a fucking fat, rich cow, bro. Yeah,
3: like, but they're, well, gonna they're, they're
0: losing tons, but, but they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah they'll be fine. Really? Uh I think I think a lot of major sports would be fine even if they missed a couple seasons. I mean they would be losing a lot of money like the the professor said but they'd be fine. So I I mean I ge- I, I guess I'm going to I'm going to put the professor on the spot one last time uh before we wrap up. What would it take for WrestleMania to make you a convert to watching it without the fans, professor? Can you envision a hypothetical reality where you say shit, I'm watching this?
2: Um, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure because at the end we create all this stuff cause we're bored. Like we've just gotten to this point of, and I think, comp- and, but you, I, you bring up a good point about the competition. Like the, the competition element of all of this is, is it's rooted in our, in our DNA, um, our, our survival mechanism. But then beyond that, then we, then we create faux competitions, like faux competitions that aren't about survival, which is why we have all these sports, like it's out of boredom and then and at the end of the day, like these exactly like what 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 Skitch is saying, like, if you're not engaging in the competition yourself, um it's pointless to care. The only reason that we would care is because what those competitions create on a larger scale is they bring people together and that's, and that's what this is all about. Like all, this is all about bringing people together. Scott Good didn't point. care. Scott didn't care about the, the Chicago Cubs, but when they won the world series, I'm like, uh, Scott, did you, was, was there a special feeling like this feeling of unity with your fellow Chicago
3: I went outside and walked around uh, the hood to like just see what was going on to be honest but to me it meant nothing you know and like when I, I don't know if it was the Sox or the Blackhawks when they won i experienced that same situation before uh just just observing what my city was doing and man i i take pride and um enjoyment in the fact that the people that i live around We're very, very excited. That's cool. When the the Cubs won, bro, dude, everybody was out. It was just like the streets were madness. And Mm -hmm. I just went out because – not because I fucking love the Cubs or anything, but I just wanted to see how my fellow fucking citizens, you know, uh, were expressing themselves at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. And then – in my mind, it was it was great. It was gorgeous. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking to cops. I'm talking to fucking like little kids pushing drugs. Everybody's together. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. just like holy fuck, this this occurred. And so, you know, whereas, man, I I love to watch a game, but you know, I'm not like I I'm not I'm not a fan of anything. But it was neat as an experience to see how people reacted.
2: And I and I think that's like ultimately, that's what 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 these again like if we separate between just playing a game, and just playing a game of baseball at at the park, which is awesome, and and what sports are like what what their sole purpose, in my opinion, their sole purpose is 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 creating a, a social space, and if and if. And if they're not creating that social space, just for me personally, I'm just not interested. Um, um, what I guess WrestleMania without a fan, without fans, and what what it might enter us into is what this new like conception of what a social space may, means. Like, um yeah. digital communities now, and and yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I because it's so new to me, it's it's hard to me to. I mean, for sure, I'm going to check this out, and I'm going to see. And then, and then, I guess the the social space that's going to come from this is afterwards. Everybody talking about it <laughs> remotely, right. digitally, right. you know, right? Digitally, uh,
3: exactly,
2: yeah. <laughs> which is you know, digitally, bro, yeah. Which is it's just not the same, but um, and, and 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 so I'm not excited about it. Um but I guess the only thing that that excite, that interests me is like what that's what it's gonna what this is gonna be like because um uh it's 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 a new reality that we're in
3: I'm hoping that we can figure out a way to fly to other cities digitally so we don't have to do it physically. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on that one. I haven't come up with it yet. I'm talking to Elon Musk right now. and We're close, but we're not there yet. And uh, Doc, he's in on it too. Uh, from Back to the Future, whatever. Yeah. He's, he's, he's working Wait. on the same
0: kind. Of Wait. Wait, when they let us out of our houses, are, is it gonna be like dog that got let off the let, left, let uh, you know, let off a chain, or uh, third graders being released after the final day of school? What's it, what, what's your, how are you gonna run outside, professor?
2: Dude, I don't know. I, I I might be the, I might be the kid who who shows up to school with like bubble wrap all around him, like because uh, he's still scared <laughs> of getting infected. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm afraid that they're gonna take my chain off, and I'm still gonna stay because I'll be—I've already been like reprogrammed. Skitch, are you—are you gonna run out like a third grader or a dog?
3: Man, I'm—I'm I'm just gonna keep on staying at home. Like, <laughs> that's what I've been doing forever. I mean, why the fuck change it? See what I mean? But here, here, check this out though. Here, here's cool. one thing right. that like yeah. a Professor and I. Our cities, you know, New York and Chicago, we're going to experience a lot more than uh, okay. you guys in San Diego. Okay. okay. In San Diego, Los Angeles, you know, it's 70 degrees every fucking day of the year. All right? Yeah. Yeah. Now we're coming, you know, New York, Chicago, we're coming to this place where it's like it's going to start getting nice outside. And I'm telling you, people are going to go outside because it's fucking nice. You know, it's like it's all cool and and we don't know what's going to go on in in like warmer temperatures, you know, but people are going to want to go on and be like, you know what? It's fucking nice. I've been I've been stuck inside for a week, two weeks. Right. It's nice out. I'm going out. and It's like, man. All right. Let's see how that works, man. So, Manny. That that, that happened here. That was today.
2: Today was a really nice day. First nice day in a long time. Uh, We went out for a walk. Uh, Normally when we go out for walks, it's dead. And today was lots of... Everybody was out.
3: (laughs) Really? Not congregating,
2: but out. So, unless
0: you guys have something else to say, can I I wrap this motherfucker up?
3: One more thing, Mario. Do it. Talking about wrestling, Mm -hmm. I want to watch Hulk Hogan... Mm -hmm. versus Andre Dawson. Not Andre the Giant, Andre Dawson. Andre Dawson from the Chicago Cubs with the bullet arm from right
0: field? You got it. That'd be sick. Comes out of I'll give you a bonus points if you tell me what Andre Dawson's nickname was.
3: Awesome Dawson.
0: Or, there was one more, he had a really sick-ass name. The Hawk.
3: Oh, the Hawk.
0: The Hawk. Andre Dawson. yeah, but awesome Dawson. Okay, yeah. But uh I think I think uh Andre Dawson would take fucking Hulk Hogan.
3: Hey, let me give you an old uh commercial that was in the eighties in Chicago, and I guarantee you didn't go anywhere else. And oh, wow. look it up, I'm sure it's on the, the tubes. Um it's Andre Da we have this uh I don't know if you guys you probably don't have true value hardware stores, do you? Ace. Mm-hmm. No. This was well, we value. have
0: Ace True Value. It's a. Kind
3: of all Ace right. So, all right. They, they could be nationwide. But Andre Dawson in the 80s, he used to do this commercial, probably just local Chicago, but, you know, I doubt it would go nationwide. But he'd be like, hi, my name's Andre Dawson. And when I hit a home run over the Wrigley Fields, I hit it over a True Link fence. Oh, that's what it was for True Link fence. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't true hardware? It was true link fence because when when Andre Dawson spanks his homers, they go over a true link fence. <sighs> One so, up, and you're gonna and I guarantee you, I just replicated it fucking perfectly. But um, yeah, true link fence, Andre Dawson, but but nobody can do. It's the problem of the ninth. Oh,
1: <laughs> The Cincinnati Reds, 2 to 1. Two outs. And up comes the Hawk, Andre Dawson. It's been a marvelous day here in Chicago.
0: Um, Harry Carey's the <laughs> bomb. Uh, I'm going to bring it home. I wish I could do a whole entire Harry Carey bringing it home because Harry Carey is one Harry, of the my- best. home with Harry Carey.
3: Come on, bro. Bring it home what? with Harry Carey. Please, please, bring it home with Harry I'll Carey. I'll try. I'll try. You can don't try. You can do it, man. Dude, and, and that
2: I'm not even joking. That was that
3: was pretty good, dude. Mario's Harry Carey is he's the my, best he's ever. My idol. He's My
0: fucking him and Studs Turkle, both from fucking Chicago. Yeah, I, although Studs is from Brooklyn, but he resettled in Chicago. But both of those fools were one of my heroes. Okay, here's here's me closing out grandstand part two of uh, COVID uh, series episode. Uh, closing out. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to close out
1: the Grandstand podcast episode of the COVID series, uh, considering that in the past uh, at Grandstand we shouted and espoused the highest of the mountaintops that the spectacle can never take place without the audience, and especially in baseball at Wrigley. It's sacrilegious to not have fans, and thus it may be that the force of change is upon us as grandstanders, but thus we will oblige them, and we will maybe try to watch Chicago Cubs baseball games via Zoom, and we'll stare at our lovely faces in the bottom of the seventh and sing take me out to the ball game take me out to the ball game until next time sons of bitches keep up the good work get to work cabrones
0: we're out and we didn't talk about the fucking tiger king
2: (laughs) (laughs) dude that was that was really fucking good man you
3: Mario.